right, everybody. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Boxed Wine and Witchcraft. We, we should just call this the Zach and Melissa podcast. Yeah, <laughs> we'll have to rename it. I know. <laughs> Stay tuned for rebranding, guys. Uh, but Zach, tonight uh, we are titled The Danger of Belief for this episode. What yes. are you going over? <laughs> so this is going to be a little bit of an opinion and conversation episode. And the focus is going to be on discernment and the problems that can arise when you just believe in everything and anything. Wait, you mean I can't just blindly follow things I, I need to think for myself? You should. But that takes work. <laughs> and study. I mean, That's if you it. really love Manson and you want to live that life, go for it. Go join your closest new age cult. Go join an MLM. <laughs> <laughs> you just related the new age with MLM. <laughs> um. <laughs> But, so, <clears throat> the danger of belief, believing everything you hear, study, watch, read, it can be very detrimental. If you take everything as a truth without any discernment, you end up running into confusing yourself and in the context of what we do, you're going to confuse people like Melissa, who's trying to help you find a book, people like me, who's trying to help you through a crisis. I've mentioned this before. It's like when people come to me and say they think they have a demon following them, and I ask if they believe in Christianity, and they say no. What? <laughs> make it make sense. <laughs> You believe in the demon, we're, and, but you don't believe in the religion it comes from. These are the kind of issues that run you into dangerous situations. Because now I have to work, or you know, whoever you go to has to work within these very specific narrow confines that you've brought yourself to believe. Don't believe everything just because for a moment it resonates with you. Suss things out. <clears throat> so what do I mean by discernment? So there's judgment and there's discernment. Judgment is usually has a negative connotation to it, but judgment in general means coming to a final conclusion about something based on information given to you. Discernment is creating your own opinion based on the information given to you. It's also fitting those pieces of information given to you within your own personal framework. And that's another place where a lot of people run into trouble. They don't even know what their own personal framework is. One of my friends, it's very similar to this. One of my friends um, often says, you know, they think they have spirits around them or spirits following them, but they can't even identify what their own spirit looks like. How can you define what you can fully believe in and you know bring yourself to believe in at least if you don't even know what you believe in right now? You know, build some kind of solid foundation where, yes, without a doubt, I believe this is a truth for me. And from there, 
you can add those pieces. But if you're just starting to like believe everything that's coming to you, that aliens exist, UFOs are real, crystals do this, this herb's gonna do that, this candle's gonna fix this part of my life, and you just throw all this shit together, it's just as chaotic as every piece that you, your life, your mind, your belief structure, it's just as chaotic as every little piece that you just threw together. In our little world, you know, of those of us who believe in these things. Possibilities are everywhere. Each and every one of these things is valid to some point. That doesn't mean you have to use every little bit of each thing to get somewhere. In ultimate reality, nothing is real. In conditional reality, we can do whatever we want. But if you don't pick at least one route to go on, you're gonna be stretched in a thousand different directions. You know, from Ohio to California, there are five different ways you could get there, at least. You only need to travel one of those five ways though. You don't need to take every, every way to get there. Just pick one. And I find myself saying that a lot, especially lately to a lot of my clients is, just pick one. You know, there's a lot of new people coming into the whole metaphysical new age, whatever you want to call this, you know, community that we're in um, <clears throat> ever since COVID. Mm -hmm. And I think so many people are overwhelmed with everything and they're, they're so consumed with wanting to learn everything and make sure they have all of the knowledge. And, and I'm like, you I'm sure there is somebody with one of those uh, like eidetic memories or, you know, that can read pages really super fast, you know, but the average person is not going to learn everything all at once and apply everything all at once. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I can see where you would have to be saying that a lot lately. Um, you know, I just, I have people that will come into the shop and they're like, I don't know how you remember what all the stones do. I can't remember. I, you know, and I'm like, it's been years. Mm-hmm. And there are still ones every now and then. I'm like, oh, hell, I don't remember what that one does. I hardly ever use it. Mm -hmm. you know? I'm like, that's what Google's for? That's what yeah. these books over here are for. Yeah. <laughs> I get that a lot, too. People are like, you know, I'm just starting out, and it seems like a lot. And they're like, and you know so much. And I'm like, I've been doing this since I was eight years old. You know, repetition will create a memory. That's why I can, you know, give me, you know, what does this herb do? Here's a list. You know, like you especially with me a lot of my friends have always accused me of having a gifted memory so that might be part of it um but like the more you do that the more you know it's not like i read a book one time and i just remembered it you know like i said if you're beginning find the things that you absolutely agree with and from there you can start adding to that um you know rome wasn't built in a day and this discussion is in no way directed to beginners because, again, well, in order to find what you believe in, you have to look at a lot of different things and see what, you know, resonates. That's fine in the beginning. It's when you take everything in the beginning as truth that that's an issue. You can recognize that all these things are true in their own specific context, in their own way to some degree. That doesn't mean you have to follow it. Mm-hmm. Do, do I believe in the Loa and the Orisha? Do I believe in the Devas and everything? Yes, but they're not in what I personally believe to be my path. So I don't 
follow every single one of those things. Um, you'd hit a lot of contradictions. Like back to our past episode, I mentioned putting a Bible on the floor with scissors on top of it in one culture is a way to protect yourself. In another culture, a Bible on the floor is a way to invite bad things into your home. If you believe both of those things simultaneously, that's a contradiction. And you can't, you know, you can't make both situations happy, right? So you have to find and stick with at least one of those things that you believe in and follow that. Both of those things I believe are true to their respective and appropriate cultures, but I can't make both of those cultures happy. <laughs> so I have to pick one. That is what I mean by discernment. Just tell me how that one. works. <laughs> tell me how that works doing Buddhism. Yeah, and, and that's another thing, you know. <laughs> I've had to rationalize as well as compartmentalize. So I've said this before, sometimes I'll tell people that I'm thrice a heretic. So societally and culturally, I am not a white, cisgender, heterosexual, Christian male. So right off the bat, there's her heresy one. I practice folk magic, which uses a lot of Christianity in it. If the Catholic Church from 500 um, AD saw what I was doing, they'd be like, yeah, we see that you're praying to Mary, but the way you're doing it is heresy. So there's heretic reason number two. And the th reason I'm thrice a heretic is because in Buddhism, we are supposed to not cause harm in any way, shape or form. I have no problem cursing someone if it's gonna help someone. So there again, I'm a heretic. Again, I've been doing this since I was eight years old. I can compartmentalize and I can rationalize why I do the way, or why I practice the way I practice and do the things I do. Um, on one hand, am I incurring negative karmic debt that I'm gonna have to reincarnate and purify later on? Yes, but I'm okay with that because I am helping another individual by the negativity that I'm creating. There's, uh, there's a balance there. In my opinion, there's a balance there. You just have to overachieve and go for thrice the heretic. You can't just settle for one. You can't be a heretic one time. What is that saying that I've seen before? It's like, if you're not living your life in a way that would have gotten you burnt at the stake 500 years ago, are you really living? Right. <laughs> I'm sure they would have burned me. <laughs> I would have been burnt three times now. <laughs> Again, overachiever. <laughs> and that's, that's another thing. Um, Actually, I'm just gonna I'm gonna jump way to another part of this of my notes. Our little community always attracts those who are you know outside of expectations, right? So we are often alternative punk, emo, goth, queer individuals, non-Christian. Some of us are, um, and we're the kind of people that are attracted to these kinds of things. That means because we're rebels of some kind, we don't like doctrine and we don't like dogma. Doctrine and dogma exist and have existed for so long in their respective ways because it worked. 
if it didn't work, it wouldn't exist in Santeria for as long as it did. There wouldn't be a hierarchy in Buddhism and in Hinduism for as long as there has been. The reason we don't like doctrine and dogma, in my opinion, culturally, is because of our collective Christian trauma. And so we look at everything through that traumatic lens. If there is a specificity to it, we don't like that. But let me tell you, if you enter a house of voodoo, you either follow the protocols or you're not getting initiated. And those protocols, those gatekeepers, since we want to label everything, especially on TikTok and Instagram, <laughs> exist for your safety. They exist because there are things you don't need to know and you're not ready to know just yet. And they exist to preserve the culture. They're not just there for the people who are in control to have a power trip. They are there for a reason. If you're going to enter any tradition, a well-established tradition, I should say, not a new age tradition, the doctrine and dogma exists for a reason. Don't project your Christian American trauma onto well-established traditions just because you feel that dogma and doctrine should not exist. You are an outsider to those traditions. When you're welcomed in, you are a guest. Act accordingly. <laughs> Questions, comments, concerns? <laughs> <laughs> Not really. I mean, it's pretty, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So don't believe everything you see here and study. Develop discernment, you know, judge these things. How do these fit into what I believe is true? And that's the thing. If they don't fit, that's fine. If you are someone who wants to enter a tradition, but you don't like the fact of, you know, there being so many protocols, there being so much doctrine and dogma, that's fine. You don't have to enter, you know? Um, just like... I don't agree with gay marriage. Well, then don't marry someone of the same sex. I don't believe in guns. Well, then don't buy a gun. You don't believe in the doctrine and dogma of this religion? Don't enter it. It's that easy. <clears throat> so again, in this like community of ours, there's this world of possibilities. Anything is possible. That doesn't mean it all deserves your attention in that moment, you know? If you overwhelm yourself, you're not going to be able to think very clearly. So you can acknowledge that these things are all possible. You don't have to accept every single bit of them either, though. Well, I mean, how accurately and effectively can you practice everything all at the same time? Yeah, don't become a jack of all trades, master of none. And yeah. that's what I think some people are so... Like they're trying to do, maybe not on purpose, but just they get so overwhelmed with everything and they feel like they have to know it all. Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, no, not really. Mm -mm. You don't. Um, you don't need to know it all. But that being said, I say this often to certain people. I should not know more about your religion than you as a practitioner do. 
you as a practitioner should know way more about your religion than me who's an outsider to it. <clears throat> I think some people get wrapped up in like what they deem the cool parts, the hip parts, especially maybe sometimes for the younger generation, what they're seeing all over social media. Um, you know, I can't tell you how many times I've seen the uh, the candle uh, ceremonies and everything for separations and breakups and this is and that. And mm -hmm. so then I've get an influx of people coming in looking for these candles. And, and I'm like, do you understand what's going on? Do you do you know the groundwork of how and why? Or are you just repeating something that you saw a one minute yes. video online? Yep. <clears throat> Again, with discernment, it takes a little bit of effort here. Would it be better to read a book written by someone who practices some form of candle magic, whether that be in rootwork and conjure or in Wicca and traditional European witchcraft? Or is TikTok and Instagram a better resource? I feel like that should be a very obvious answer. The sad part here is that people don't do that extra little inch of thinking. And let's face it, some of these videos are only one to three minutes. So I think I saw somewhere where TikTok's going to allow up to 10 minutes oh, now. God. That is still not enough time to fully understand. No. Um, with candle magic, like if we're, let's just focus on that for a minute. You know, there's so many different ways. In the beginning, I used to cleanse every single one of my candles. I don't do that shit anymore. I put it on my altar. I light it, I stick my petition under it, and I'm like, all right, guys, here's what I need done. Um, and then I end it with a very specific thing that I always end those specific prayers with. Um, but that's because, again, I've been doing this shit since I was eight years old. You know, you learn a thing or two after experience. The mechanics of candle magic cannot be explained in a three-minute video. The effects of what you're asking for cannot be explained in a three minute video. Pick up a book, even if it's only like a 200 page book written by, again, someone who just wrote something quick for beginners, but has a tradition. That is a much better resource than what you're gonna find on the internet. You can find that book on the internet, but don't pay attention to an Instagram reel or a TikTok. Right. I think there's even pretty good discussion boards and communities and stuff online. Like find mentors who have been out there for a while, who, who have the time and can and will explain to you how's and why's and do's and don'ts. Yes. And um, not just, Oh, take this, do this, say this, light it. Voila. There you go. Mm -hmm. Like how and why. And for those of you lucky enough to have shops around you, Walk in one day when there's a reader there. Maybe, you know, you don't want a reading. You just want a quick, hey, here's my situation. How can you help me? For instance, if someone came in and, I mean, I do this without getting paid. Um, if someone was like, was like, I need money. Okay, well, here's my suggestion. I will walk you around the shop and be like, here is what I suggest. Put this together. Do it over seven days. Here's my card. Let me know how it goes. You know, maybe not Melissa. Don't ask Melissa. Melissa's very busy. Don't ask her. <laughs> um, but like, you know, even if you're just like, 
hey, I want to get a reading. And then you enter the room and sit down and they ask you, what do you want to look into? Be like, actually, I'm not here for a reading. I'm here for your time. Can you show me how to do this? I would immediately be like, yeah, sure, that's not a problem. And some people who do have respected lineages on Instagram don't expect anything of them, but most of them are genuine and caring enough that if you message them saying, hey, I have this issue, I want to resolve it this way, what do you think? Send that to them. If they have the time and they're willing, they'll tell you what they think of it. I've done that before. Um, there's this curandera I follow and I just got in a serape and I was like, I want to dedicate this as, you know, like a physical version, quote unquote, of Our Lady of Guadalupe's mantle. What are your suggestions? And she goes, okay, get some cedar, get some cobal, smudge each corner and the center, anoint it with an appropriate oil, and there you go. She told me exactly how to do that. So you do have good resources available to you if you put in a little effort and use a little bit of thought. Um, but going back to, you know, we live in a world of possibilities. Similar to how not every thought deserves being paid attention to, you don't need to pay attention to everything and all of its opinions. Things can be true mutually to themselves. <clears throat> um, this one comes up a lot when people are like, when I'm teaching folk magic and they're like, but what about my karma? Are you a Jain, a Sikh, a Hindu, or a Buddhist? No, then you don't need to worry about karma. That's not a universal truth. That is a concept that was developed in the Indian faiths. And there's not an analogy or synonym cross-culturally. You don't need to worry about karma unless you practice one of the Dharmic faiths. You kind of hear that too in witchcraft, the, the karma in witchcraft. And I'm like, yeah, what? The threefold nope. law in Wicca and yeah. Yeah. I mean, usually my response sometimes is, well, sometimes I am the karma. Yeah. You know, um, I don't go around actively looking to cause harm, but I'm not going to let you walk all over me either. Mm -hmm. So I know I've asked my teacher this question before, and I, of course, can't remember what she said, but I'm like, it's in, if it, let's say it's in someone's karma to be harmed by another person. Is the person doing the harm creating negative karma for themselves or are they just a tool for karma to be fulfilled is that person causing harm neutral in the situation you know mm -hmm. and that's the other thing karma is so elaborate and convoluted and tied in with itself like you really have to understand sunyata emptiness to understand karma um and you have to understand interdependence and that's the other thing people immediately are always wanting to call things well that's you know say that like something is just their karma and it's like you're using that word very just like you're throwing it around aren't you you bear like if if some of the people who always brought up the word karma if i were to ask them define karma for me i know this sounds haughty and like vain of me to say but it's like i feel very few people could actually do that like define for me what karma is the response is usually going to be, well, what you put out, you get back. And if someone did something bad, like they're going to, no, that's part of karma. That is a very, very small part of karma. 
That is what we see when karma is an action. Karma has a lot more to do with where you're born, how you're going to live your life, you know, the people you're going to meet, etc. And the way it operates, emptiness and interdependence, is a lot more elaborate in and of themselves. Those are two other very specific things that we could go on and on about. Which how did I get to this point? I had a point here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm rambling now. Um, but yeah, just like a lot of like words that are used that people partially understand or, you know, don't fully understand. I see that a lot. It's funny. I'm like sitting here scrolling through old episodes and I'm like, we did an episode on karma. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was back uh, put out in April of uh, 2021. So, so almost a year ago. Yeah. If you want to, if any, any of our listeners want to go back and find it, it's uh, April 19th of 2021. But anyway, yeah. enough tracking and derailing. <laughs> Karma is elaborate. Stop throwing around words you partially, you only partially understand. Um, now, with belief, it is my personal opinion that, and and not just mine, um, but the Buddhists as well, <laughs> that we create our reality based on the things we believe. If you believe something fully if you have faith in it that is what's going to come to be that's what's going to come to pass so be mindful of the things that you're choosing to believe if you believe in a hell um and you think you're a horrible person that's going to be the afterlife that you might encounter if you are like me who hopefully i have a good death um and it's gonna end up one of two ways I'm either going to have my consciousness yeeted into the ethers (laughs) um, or I'm going to peacefully fade into the earth and become part of that again. I'm fine with either way. I believe both are possibilities and I'm fine with both. But be careful of the things that you do choose to believe because they will become your reality for you. And again, I've mentioned this before. I believe this 99%. The 1%, you know, you wouldn't go up to a homeless person and say to them, you're homeless because you believed, you know, all of these things. And like, this is, you know, you could believe your way out of your homelessness and poverty. No, that is also karma. That's in that person's karma. That does not mean that because they are, they, I don't, not in any way deserve that. That's not what I'm trying to say. Because that's in their karma, another part of Buddhism is compassion. So just because we see people's karma ripening does not mean that gives us an excuse to be assholes. Part of our duty here is to alleviate the suffering that people have because of karma. Um, So again, your belief is going to direct what your reality experiences. Believing everything is confusing. To summarize all of this, believing everything causes confusion. Especially <sighs> since so many of them can be contradictory. Oh yeah, you're, that's the other thing to be prepared for. You're going to run into when you first looking when you first start looking for things to believe in how contradictory some of these things are, especially within themselves, within their own framework. 
Now, just because it's contradictory to you doesn't mean it's not ultimately a truth in that tradition. In Buddhism especially, we see a lot of paradox. Um, and that's because in ultimate reality, nothing is real. But in conditional reality where we exist, we have to play by its rules to get out of it. Um, so just because you run into a paradox, it doesn't mean that that tradition doesn't know what it's talking about. Um, and this is another reason why I believe the Bible was so poorly put together because in the Old Testament, there's a lot of contradictions within itself, but it also contradicts the New Testament. The Bible is, in my opinion, it's not supposed to be taken literally. In my opinion, it, it is parable, most of it. But the paradoxes inside of it exist as a way for you to gain insight. For those who practice Kabbalah, they are masters at this. Um, that's really all I can say about it because it's not, it's not something that I've dove too deeply into. But just because you encounter a paradox doesn't mean that it, it's nullifying or invalidating itself. That's just something deeper to look into. So again, narrow and limit your beliefs to some degree to create a solid foundation. And then when you are very comfortable in that foundation, which is going to change, you know, <clears throat> what I believed in, you know, when I was first starting out at eight years old is drastically different than what I believe in now. That's growth. That's fine. But create some kind of foundation for now to put your beliefs on. And then from there, as you learn more things or as things, you know, you can't reconcile some kind of um, disagreement or contradiction, then you can deviate when and where it's needed. And I always say that a good place to keep, or um, a good practice maybe, to have is always looking for a balance. So if a set of beliefs steers too far one way, try to rationalize it and bring it back to the center. You see this a lot with like new agey stuff, which I'll talk about later on too. This love and light and everything's fine and it will all work out. There are some times where you just have to release yourself to the flow of things and they will work out. But believing everything is good or for your benefit, unless you're like a trained master in like Hinduism or Buddhism, where you understand emptiness and how everything ultimately isn't real. Don't do that. You'll get yourself into physical, actual danger. Um, it's, it's very common practice now to get into cars with strangers, right? We have Uber, we have Lyft. Hitchhiking, though, can be very dangerous. You can get killed. That is a thing. That is a possibility. So, no, not everything is love and light. Be careful of things that steer too far to one direction and always try to keep your beliefs somewhere in the middle. Uh, which is probably another reason why I'm like, 
yeah, I don't want to ever cause harm, but I'm okay with cursing someone if it's going to benefit another person. Um, things like that. <clears throat> Along with that, don't be gullible. Don't entertain things. No, I should say, entertain everything. Don't immediately jump to believing it just because in that moment you felt like it was correct. If something resonates with you, keep that just in the back of your mind and kind of analyze it a little bit. Don't overthink it because then you'll get nowhere. But analyze it and make sure that it has truth to it. It does fit with your belief. And then you can accept it. Don't just accept it because some master of some kind spoke it. Um, for those of you who know anything about the kaju, we once had a very prominent person, Chungpo Rinpoche, who had a lot of scandals. Um, and one of my favorite teachers, Lama Sutra Malioni, has reiterated this. I forget where she got the quote from. Take what was spoken. That's truth. The speaker might be flawed, but what is spoken can be true. Um, another, like, more secular instance is, like, art. Take the impression you get from art. Leave the artist behind. So let's take, for instance, Picasso, wife beater, horrible person. Really any, uh, Virginia Woolf, classist, uh, Edgar Allan Poe, borderline pedophile. Um, you can like their art and take that and have it mean something to you and, you know, kind of push the author or the artist away. You can separate those things. So just because someone of an influence says something doesn't mean it's true. And someone of poor influence can say something that is true. And don't believe things that are fear-based. Um, just like don't believe like the prosperity gospel, don't believe things that are soaked in fear. We are very survivalist, instinctual individuals because we're humans. If something is fear-based, we have a reaction. Again, stay, try your best to stay away from things that skew too far one way or the other. Don't be gullible. Stay away from things that, you know, cause that elicit immediate reactions. Everything should be analyzed. Everything should be questioned. Again, don't overthink because if you go too far, you're going to get nowhere. But sit down with that piece of information that you think might help you. And when you come to the, come to the conclusion that it is of benefit to you or others, accept it. I think a lot of this comes down to just take your time and study something. Yes. Rather than blindly believing what somebody says, uh, just because it works for them may not work for you. Uh -huh. And, um, you know, the, the whole part of studying, like how, why does it work for you? Will it always? Uh -huh. Might it change? Why might it change? Um. I mean, I, I love my shaman teacher to death. Like I take most of what he says, but every now and then there'll be a little something and I'll just be like, mm, you know, but that's me. Mm -hmm. uh, but he'll also say, you know, take this 
you know, learn it and then make it your own. Mm-hmm. How can it serve you and how can you serve it back? Right. So <clears throat> that brings up another point. So like as humans, we're all innately flawed. And even then that's a problematic statement because we're just humans with instincts and reactions. And so we're just reacting to the world around us. We're responding to our environment. So everything that I'm saying right now is me just relaying to you what I believe is true based on my experiences through the lens that I've, you know, investigated things. What I say right now, even itself should be questioned. You know, I am one flawed individual trying to give advice to other flawed individuals. What I say innately, because I am flawed, is going to carry some kind of fault with it. Even if I am a good bullshitter and can pass off things that I say as being true. And that's another thing. Some people have that skill. They are very good manipulators. They are very good. um, They're very good at passing things off as truth. Everything should be analyzed. Um, But yeah, again, just because, you know, you're receiving information that seems like it's from a wise individual and the content seems wise, it's coming from another human who's had their own experiences, their own beliefs, and they're passing this information on to you through that lens. And that should be taken into account as well. So not everything is out to get you. Again, the fear-based stuff. Not everything is out to get you. Not everything is going to, you know, you're not being followed by demons. (laughs) That's kind of what, the why I wrote this down, because I get that a lot. Um, I'm a portal. I have demons following me. I was possessed at one point, blah, 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 blah. Not everything is out to get you. You're not special enough. You're not special enough. Um, If you don't believe in it, I don't know why you believe in it if you don't believe in it. Again, another statement. Make it make sense. Why do you believe in demons if you don't believe in Christianity? Um, Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> this this board what i'm about to say borders victim blaming but like stop victimizing yourself not everything is out to get you and the things that you think are demons probably aren't that's probably some kind of mental illness or if you're going through a problem with money that's not the devil trying to hold you back that's capitalism or that's poor financial planning there's a lot of reasons why money could be an issue Not everything is out to get you. Again, we live in a very specific environment and we are reacting to that environment. That just happens to be one of the reactions we have to deal with. Nor is everything a curse. And not everything is a curse. Just because you can't find love. Again, it could be your environment. You could be a great person and everyone around you actually just might be horrible. (laughs) Um, So especially like, especially with love, the more self-aware you are, that is a very rare thing to be in such self-awareness that you are actively working on yourself to a point where you won't accept anything lower than that. Not everyone is doing that. Not everyone is doing the work that they should be doing. And if you are one person in one city where you're like one of five who are actively doing self-work, you already now have a small pool of people to pick from. And those other five individuals might not be a good mesh for you. That is environment. That is not a curse. That could be karma, though. 
now you just made it even some more difficult. Yes. <laughs> um, where you're born deals with your karma. I don't know what car- what what horrible deed I did in my past lives to warrant me being born in freaking Ohio, but hey, it's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that great. <laughs> there could be worse. I mean, there could be better. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> See, and that's another thing. Always go back and forth with what you want. What are the things that you're trying to believe? You know, this could be worse. Well, this could be better. <laughs> You know, again, find that balance. Mm-hmm. And you don't need to protect yourself from every possible thing. That's another fear-based thing. You know, you need to constantly have protection up because this, that, and the other is trying to get you. I have probably about five different types of protection at any given time around me. That's not because I think evil spirits are out to get me. In fact, where I live, I've done enough working with land spirits that they're probably all for me leading some kind of cult for them (laughs) um i respect them i give them offering so i don't have like this idea that you know evil things are going to come for me in the physical realm i don't have enemies i just you know i don't hang around people that would become enemies i don't surround myself in dangerous situations or with people that could become a problem for me later on um Again, that might be in my karma that I just don't have negative people in my life. That could be the self-work, you know, that I am a good judge of character. And if I want you in my life, I'll do what I can to keep you in my life. And if I don't, I'm going to do everything to push you away. But you don't need to protect yourself from everything. There's a lot more that you can do in the real world, you know, quote unquote, real world. That is going to protect you. Again, don't surround yourself with people that aren't helping you be a good person. Um, Demons are not out to get you. Evil spirits are not out to get you. (laughs) Well, there goes my ego. (laughs) Okay. Now, this one I see a lot. A psychotic break is not a spiritual awakening. In a lot of instances, there's more of psychology than spirituality involved. You don't need an essential oil. You need therapy. You don't need a crystal. You need medication. You don't need a meditation retreat. You need a three-day hold. If you're going through something of that caliber it's not spiritual if you think you're being possessed there I think are three or five in the Catholic Church three or five criteria that have to be met and with these people I don't typically see those things being met you have to have knowledge of things that are unknown be able to speak in foreign languages that you've never learned be able to cause things to float or fly, have immeasurable strength, and I forget the fifth one. (laughs) Typically when people come to me and have said, I've been possessed, 
and they tell me their story, none of those five things ever show up. It's because you're not possessed. You more than likely have some kind of undiagnosed mental illness. And it becomes a danger to the rest of the community when we hear people say that things that are actually psychological issues are your spiritual awakening or are based in spiritual transformation. Conflating psychology and spirituality is very harmful to the person undergoing that trial, that tribulation, that issue. If you're going through something that is psychologically traumatizing, I'm going to tell you it's not spirit. <clears throat> spirit will not push you to have a psychotic break. Get psychological help. Don't rely on crystals to help you. Don't rely on essential oils to help you. Don't rely on herbs to help you. If you're hallucinating, that get help. For me personally, I have major depressive disorder with psychotic features. This means that I suffer from depression, but I will occasionally see shadows. Those aren't shadow people. Those are hallucinations. When I am sitting with a client and sometimes I become mediumistic, I know when it's a hallucination showing up to me and when it is a message from a dead loved one showing up to me. That I've learned to discern. Stop conflating and pushing this narrative that these things are spiritual when they are in fact psychological. It's harmful. It is damaging. Quit it. I think there can be danger in, um, and I think we've talked about this before too, blindly following uh, healers, practitioners that uh, will tell you, you don't need to take the medicine. All you need is their healing. Um, you know, that that's always a giant red flag. Oh yeah. That's very cultish behavior. You know, you don't need to take your medicine anymore. Just you know, say this mantra so many times a day, carry this rock, here's this blessed thing that I created for you. Yeah. You'll be fine. No. <laughs> um, I will say there are instances where things like that will work, but they only work because that person is from a very specific culture where they were raised in that. It is a phenomenon known as Puerto Rican syndrome. And the response only is created because they already have the subconscious seed that it will work. You know, when you see healers in Africa performing these quote unquote miracles and the person who is being treated and responding well to them is part of that culture that, you know, they were raised in that tribe. It is scientifically placebo. It is Puerto Rican syndrome. It is because it's working because the subconscious is responding to something. Mm -hmm. That's why it works in that context. We don't have, we didn't grow up with those contexts. We can't respond to them. 
another thing I want to mention is to the parents, to the parents that come to us saying like my child is struggling and going through all these things. It's natural for a child to have anxious reactions. A lot of what I see, in my opinion, is behavior on the spectrum. And I only say that this again, I am not a medical professional. This is just anecdotal. I have friends who are on the spectrum and they have told me their life experiences and I see them being relayed to me by other people. And those who are on the broader spectrum of neurodivergence, these kids that say these are these parents that have these children that say these things or undergo these experiences. I'm like, that sounds similar to what I have, which is ADHD. The, again, there's more of psychology than spirituality here. If your child is an autistic child, they're just an autistic child. That does not mean that they're undergoing possession by a demon or, you know, I've, oh my God, this is really bad. Um, I once had a mother daughter come to me <clears throat> because another reader had told them that some spirit was trying to infiltrate the womb and take over this baby. And when I sat down and did the reading, I was like, okay, so your pregnancy looks like it's going to be fine. You might encounter like a small little issue that could be a cause for concern. It looks like it'll resolve. You might be induced a little quicker than expected, but otherwise everything looks fine. And then they break to me that, okay, because this one reader told us that this spirit from like the 1940s was trying to infiltrate this baby. And I'm like, so that's probably not happening. And this reading shows that that's not happening. So I'm gonna go ahead and say that was bullshit. Again, with the fear-based thing, you know, and again, with discernment, like think these things through. And if it skews one way or the other, there's probably something off going on. So we're getting close to an hour. What can we uh, say for like end and wrap up? There is a severe lack of skepticism in this community. You need to be skeptical to some degree. Mm -hmm. You can be open-minded to curiosity. Just keep your wits about you. Always question things and always be questioning things. Don't take everything as gospel. Not everything is gospel. Stop shucking dogma and doctrine. These masters know what, they, what they're talking about. They've been doing this for years. Stop projecting your Christian trauma. Be careful of new age cults, especially ones that preach prosperity gospel. You don't need to be on a beach resort to have some kind of meditation retreat. I do retreat at home every like month almost. I get three days off. That's what I'm going to be doing. In general summary, the freedom to believe whatever you want can cause confusion. You need to have some kind of structure. Create a foundation of things that you do firmly believe in. You don't have to believe in them forever. Just for right now, this is what you have experienced and find to be true. <clears throat> be vigilant about what people say. Be vigilant about what you decide to believe. And constantly be discerning. Be willing to learn instead of blindly accepting everything. Yes, because when you blindly accept things, you become a follower of a cult. And cults oh, don't look goodness. like now what they looked like in the 60s and 70s and the 80s. 
you know, you have like these, again, with the prosperity gospel, like these, these influencers who are like, everything is working in your favor. And, you know, if you're positive and, you know, attract these things to yourself, you'll have them. And then you have people that are, that did that and it didn't work out for them. And it's like, well, did you really expect that just because you asked for it, it was going to be given to you? You know, we don't get everything we want. No, you can, you don't put action into the desire. (laughs) Yes, there is. It is a, what is it? It is a co-creative thing. Um, You can light all the purple candles you want with all the petitions and oils of having a billion dollar mansion. That doesn't mean you're going to get it. Mm -hmm. And if you believe in karma, it just might not be in your karma to get it. All right. So if anybody wanted to come see you in person and discuss these somewhat maybe contradicting sounding uh, things tonight, how would they find you if if it's not in store at Goddess Elite? How can they find you? You can find me on Facebook at Red Cloth White Candle Brujeria. Um, I believe if you just type in R-C-W-C-B-R-U-J-O, it should come up. You can find me on Instagram at T-I-O-C-U-A-H-U-I-T-L. And otherwise, you can call the store and find out when I am scheduled to be there next. Because you do offer cleansings, tarot readings, and uh, classes occasionally. So I do. You know, you can always uh, come find them. We're right outside Cleveland. So if you're ever in the Cleveland area, stop in, see who's in. You're usually in about once a month. Mm-hmm. I try to be in a, in a in, oh my God. I try to be in about once a month in addition to the psychic fairs, right. which are held every last Sunday of the month. Mm-hmm. I have a whole bunch of you to wrangle and keep in line. <laughs> Y'all keep me on my toes. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, thank you for listening and uh, we look forward to chatting at you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. Be safe. Be discerning. Thank you.